Hello, welcome to Building the Blockchain Radio Show. It's brought to you by City Blockchain Summit and Computer User. We discuss the latest topics in blockchain curated by our blockchain blogger at Bounty Base. I'm David Whiting, CEO of City Blockchain Summit, and Andrew Malin is my blockchain blogger co-host. In this first episode, we're going to focus on how blockchain is going through a publicity crisis after Facebook and Google have banned crypto-related products and services. So we'll have questions and we'll answer um, the questions such as how will advertisers redirect spending in the post-Facebook and Google ICO era, and how will blockchain move forward with its identity as being linked to shady crypto industry uh, practices. So we'll try to answer those questions. And then we'll come up with a segment later on in our first show called Blockchain Revolution, and we'll do this every show. And we'll explore how one industry is totally being revolutionized by blockchain. This week we're going to focus later in the show on the freight broker industry and how it's being revolutionized by blockchain and how the VC money within names like Sequoia Capital are funding commercial trucking startups that are directly connecting carriers and shippers without using middlemen. It's very interesting, so hope you stay tuned. So we'll uh, introduce and talk and bring in my co-host, Andrew. Hey, David. How are you doing today? Great. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on. Doing really well. Great. Doing really well this morning. Great. Yeah, so uh, let's start off. And um, great. Uh, every week, um, appreciate uh, we're going to have um, Andrew as a co-host and we'll be bringing up different topics. And uh, he's a blogger, uh, and what he's doing in Bounty Base, I'll let Andrew talk a little bit about himself and introduce and let him talk about Bounty Base. Okay, great. So I started Bounty Base in 2017, uh, toward the end of the year, in the fall. And I, I really started it as a platform that I can rank bounties on and really just develop um, you know, a centralized location where bounties could be stored. Um, however, around the same time, I realized that the landscape and regulations for bounties were heavily changing. Uh, so I shifted a little bit to make a kind of all-encompassing uh, cryptocurrency blog, and that's what I do uh, full-time now. Um, I, I blog about, you know, some of the latest topics in blockchain, uh, venture capital, investing. Uh, I'm a top writer on venture capital and investing on medium.com. And so, you know, I really just pour a lot of my time and effort into providing my community with the latest information on, on blockchain and, you know, a way that is easy to understand. That's great. That's great. Yes. So that's what we're looking to help educate everyone. Blockchain is something that's new and a lot of people don't understand what's going on with blockchain. A lot of people are looking to have their questions answered. We'll try to do that during the show. So we do have a toll-free number. It's 877-480-4120, and we'll be able to take your calls. And what we're doing right now is I'll tell you a little bit about uh, City Blockchain Summit. So. Um, one of the sponsors of the show, uh, City Blockchain Summit, uh, we're involved with doing events and helping out the blockchain community. So we're having events uh, here throughout uh, the United States, uh, and we're having one in Miami earlier this year, and then we're having another one here for New York City Blockchain Week. So we'll be doing our event May 17th and 18th here in New York City, and then we'll be going out to Los Angeles to do a, an event, and those events are revolve around bringing the community together of ICOs and service providers and the investors who are looking and who are interested in looking at the ICO space. But we just don't do it just for investment; we do it also for education. So we have educational panels and. What we're also doing in the future will be coming up with different aspects of the blockchain, helping out the entire community through working with um, job fairs and different types of aspects in the blockchain industry. So um, we're starting out 
and having this first show as to help support our events and help bring more awareness to the blockchain and to the community out there. And so uh, what we're looking right now is uh, in the, the atmosphere of the blockchain industry, and it's, it's moving very fast, and there's a lot of different dimensions that, uh, that are involved, but we want to have a focus in each show. So right now, a lot of talk has been about Facebook and their advertising practices. Google is also included there. And they have banned ICO, ICOs from advertising on their platforms. Now, there are other platforms for ICOs who have great ideas and who are really trying to contribute to society to market themselves. And we want to try to help them do that. And we want to have this talk about why Facebook is banning crypto and Google are banning ICOs um, from marketing crypto-related products and services on their platforms. It's slowing down the process, and and I want to ask Andrew what he thinks about that and what, what are some of the um, ideas and uh, answers you think you might have about why Facebook and Google are doing that. Great. So thanks, thanks David. Uh, yeah, so surprisingly, over the last month, we've seen you know, huge social media magnets uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Alphabet, you know, Google, uh, banning crypto services, financial products, you know, stuff like that from being promoted on their websites. And, you know, this really comes at a, a puzzling time given the huge year that uh, cryptos and, and ICOs had last year. You know, we're talking a $10 billion year for ICOs alone. Uh, so, you know, it makes you wonder why Facebook and Google aren't giving them um, more more credit, why they aren't allowing them on their site. Uh, this might have a little bit to do with not wanting to ruffle the feather, feathers with the SEC. I mean, Facebook is already in the middle of, you know, a huge scandal right now with Cambridge Analytica. Uh, so having the SEC down their throat about, you know, promoting financial products and services might be a reason that they're being dissuaded from uh, promoting ICOs and cryptocurrency. Uh, Google is a little bit more surprising. Uh, they're not catching as much heat as Facebook has been recently. Um, but what's really surprising about you know Google doing this is that they're currently this year for the first time ever they're losing digital ad space. Uh, right now the digital ad market is about a two hundred and fifty billion dollar market and. They're losing their ad space in the digital market. Um, and this is the first time that this has happened in about 10 years. Uh, combined with Facebook, they're known as the digital ad duopoly uh, because of how big their percentage, their type percentage makes in the digital ad space. Um, and then this year was the first year that their combined digital ad space has gone down. Uh, so I would think that they would turn to ICOs and the crypto space in order to compromise for some of that the lacking that they've had um, in their share, but they're not turning to ICOs. In fact, they're they're shunning them um, from being promoted on their platform. So, you know, it is a bit curious as to why Facebook and Google and other sites are choosing this time to uh, not allow um, Facebook or to not allow crypto ads. Sorry, go ahead. Andrew, this is Sam. I, I just want to ask you, um, because I've heard rumors, the blockchain is such a powerful technology and, and has really the ability, I've heard people talk about, you know, really revolutionize like everything, even search, even social media. Do you think that there's any kind of um, them sort of trying to push down the technology out of fear that it could potentially put them out of business in a way? You know, that's, that's a pretty interesting point, Sam. I think that, you know, you definitely are seeing some industries that are trying to grapple right now with blockchain, with blockchain because they are a rival for VC capital funding. Uh, for one example, you know, if you look at uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning as two other industries, right now those are really three indi industry-leading places that VC uh, capitalists are going to put their money in. And, you know, blockchain is is rivaling those two. So, 
you know, other industries might not be as uh, quick to promote blockchain out of fear that it might win in the funding space. Yeah, but I'm thinking not just the funding space, but also in the technology space. Like, you know, what happens if somebody builds a social media network built on blockchain where individuals as users have more control over their data? Would that not be a threat to Facebook, as an example? Oh, no, that's that's a great point. That's a serious threat to Facebook. You know, you see some of these, quote unquote, third web apps coming up like Steemit, for example, uh, you know, they're allowing you to create a free site where just by putting content on the site, you're getting paid for likes, you're getting paid for shares, and Facebook obviously doesn't have that capability. So, you know, you're, you're definitely spot on right now uh, with these third web social media apps threatening, you know, the second, the second web apps like Facebook. Yes, yes, that's very interesting. One of my thoughts I was thinking about is that Facebook also, when the SEC uh, said, mentioned about celebrities not being able to promote ICOs, then that really tampered down the Facebook marketing. And But that was the right decision to do, um, to make sure that the celebrities weren't touting ICOs out there and that they were just doing it, getting paid for. And then also I do agree with you about the rivals to Facebook. Uh, there are the, these applications where the blockchain is going to be something that you're going to be able to maintain your data, like you said, and get paid for likes and get paid to have your data. And um, with the congressional hearings just passed, that was one of the questions was, will you be able to be free to transport your own data and move it from platform to platform instead of having just Facebook as the only platform out there and there's no competition there. If there was multiple platforms that were competing with Facebook and then you had your own information on the blockchain and then you could move it to the highest bidder, then you would be able to have more competition and Facebook wouldn't be the duopoly like you mentioned. And also, and then getting to the other part of the, of the duopoly, uh, Google, yes, yeah, so like you said, uh, you, it's kind of in, interesting with Google. They have their own VC, and they're very interested in doing um, investing in uh, technology and, and robotics and AI. And like you said, they, they did a lot of heavy investment in robotics and AI, and they probably are doing a lot in blockchain, but it's not as much as a focus for Google. So I think they don't want to really go into something where they really vested a lot of money into other ventures and they just don't want to upset the SEC and, and the powers that be with the marketing and the advertising that's going on. So, yeah. So, uh, so what do you think about that? And then uh, we can just uh, finish up, uh, uh, Andrew. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I think... You know, you're spot on um, with, you know, saying that it, it, it's a difficult time for uh, for blockchain in regard that, you know, it has to kind of fight over different places uh, to receive the funding that it, you know, that it's looking for, um, you know, given the, the shark in the water with the SEC just really uh, just being around this industry. You have to be careful, you know, and we'll, we'll see a constantly changing regulatory landscape. So the, the future is really interesting right now for, for blockchain, you know, day by day, coming weeks, coming months. Yes, yes, I agree. Okay, so we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? 
negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday, 9 to 10 Eastern Time, and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow, Follow Me Friday, Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! <laughs> <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Hello, welcome. We're back to building the blockchain talk radio show. And what we're doing right now during the show, we're talking about in the first half about Facebook and Google banning crypto related products and services. And we talked a, bit, a little bit about how advertisers are redirecting their spending. And a lot of that spending now is going into um, meeting, uh, going to conventions and events because they're banning direct advertising. Uh, through social media to, uh, for ICOs and related and crypto-related products. You'll see a lot of uh, crypto-related products on the, on the web, but uh, nobody knows where they're coming from, and a lot of them are kind of um, questionable. So what we're trying to do is get uh, to the bottom of getting to talking about these products and how some of them are legitimate and how how to be able to access and get to know the difference between the ones that are shady and the ones that are not shady. So we're going to um, try to talk about how blockchain will move forward with this identity being linked to the shady crypto industry. So Andrew, um, what do you think about how blockchain can move forward with improving its identity? Sure. So it's it's really amazing that the identity of blockchain has been so intrinsically linked to crypto from the start. I mean, the advent of blockchain came with Bitcoin, so it makes sense that the two entities are synonymous. However, blockchain... However, blockchain is almost having an identity crisis right now because of the really extreme end of crypto that's been doing so poorly. It's almost like the bad crypto ICOs are giving blockchain a bad name, and it's generalizing the stereotype over all of crypto and all of blockchain. Uh, it's really detrimental for crypto, but it is extremely detrimental for blockchain. Uh, this blockchain has, you know, technological implications that have nothing to do with crypto. For example, you know, you take a, a coin like Walton Chain. They're using blockchain for, you know, QR, for processing in big warehouses. This is not necessarily anything to do with Walton. I mean, if, if you're talking about Walton, of course, there's Walton Coin, but the blockchain technology behind Walton really has nothing to do with crypto. So when you're giving crypto or blockchain a bad name because of crypto, you know, the entire industry is suffering. Um, so moving forward, you know, I think that tech firms really have to do a good job of showing off some of the technological capabilities that blockchain has that extends far beyond crypto. And if tech companies can show those capabilities off, then I think you're going to see a lot of progress and more funding go into blockchain as an industry. Yes, thank you. Uh, I, I agree. And what I'm seeing also is that when these ICOs are coming out, they're trying to come out with their own coins. And like you said, if if the ICO is viable, 
and it can support its own coin, that that's fine. But a, a lot of these ICOs are coming out and just trying to issue a coin. And there's, now there's thousands and thousands of cryptocurrencies out there. And when everyone is coming out with their own coin and trying to market it and not knowing, uh, having the proper support of doing the marketing properly and, and don't have the proper guidance from the regulatory agencies, it creates an atmosphere where there's a lot of mistrust and a lot of uh, practices that it can go on where there's no rules. And whoever's creating the rules are, are, just, are just going by what they're being told to do or what they think is right. Now, some people are doing the right thing, and they're out there producing positive uh, social impact ICOs, um, utility tokens uh, that are purposeful and make sense and have applications directly to uh, the ICO and what they're trying to do. And then there's other ones that are out there just issuing a coin while the coin really serves no purpose and has no function from the underlying business model. And they could just use a, an existing coin that's out there, like a Bitcoin or a Ripple, and use that coin and issue it and don't have to have their own coin, which gives the impression of being shady because now you see all these multiple coins that are out there and people who don't know and have to read all the white papers and don't take the time to read the white papers and understand the coins and they see all these crypto coins and just think that they're all automatically shady, which is not the truth. Right. There's, you know, Almost 1,600 coins. If you go to Coin Market Cap right now and you take a look at you know the number of coins that are out there, and that number changes every day. I you know I watch that number and that's something that I I look at. And so many of those coins will approach me in the last you know Can you review my ICO? Can you you know put it on your blog? Can you promote it? Can you you know write us a press release? And I really have a hard time finding coins at least these days who come out and really stand out as having something special. You see just a lot of reiterations and, and replications of the same coin. You know, how many times can you offer a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, transfer system? How many times can you offer cross-border payments? You know, and it's just really clogging up the market, and it's just making just a bad name for crypto, and it's just adding to this, you know, bubble that people keep talking about you know how how big can this market keep growing it's just the 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 replication that's just you know making this problem so much worse yes yes it, it's it's becoming a problem and that's why some things are going on here in the united states uh as where we are right now i know there's people here are listening overseas also um, but here in the united states we are having this problem uh, with the, the clogging up of the system, the clogging up of the coins, and it's overwhelming the regulatory agencies, and they're getting frustrated. And the frustration is coming to slowing down the innovation in the, and the applications for the true coins that should be getting heard and have the applications for social impact and for economic impact. So, so let me ask you a question, Andrew and David. If somebody hears about some new type of coin, uh, what can you do to sort of investigate it to know like, hey, this is legit, this, this actually is a good investment or not? Like, how do you determine for yourself or is it like so complicated you just have to rely on other people's opinions? Sure. So I, I pretty much have a litmus test for any coin that I look at, no matter if it's something that I'm thinking about investing in or if it's even, you know, someone that wants to pay me money to invest in there or to review their ICO, I have a litmus test. And one of the, you know, the first places that I look at is the white paper. I look at the experience of the team. Uh, but really, the first question that I ask myself is, you know, is the product that this blockchain putting out a viable product? Then, you know, if it passes that, then I'll look at the team, the development team, 
Do they have experience working in companies with names that I recognize? Uh, do they have an experience of just kind of sticking with the company for a year or less after a series of like a decade and they just kind of, you know, open and close companies really quick? You know, what kind of reputation do the team members have? And then a, a, a third aspect that I look at is the, the marketing, the communication. Uh, one thing that I offer as a service for my blog bounty base is a marketing audit. And what I do on these marketing audits is, you know, I, I go in and I look at the different social media platforms, what the communication is like, what the transparency looks like, uh, what some of the ICOs are, you know, ranking your project depending on how far along you are. And I see how well your team is, is communicating. So, you know, development team, marketability, and the uh, utility of the coin are, you know, three huge things that I look at. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Uh, there's, like you said, there are access to ICO review platforms and uh, uh, that are out there that help you uh, cut down and d do a little bit of the, the work for you. But as always, you should always try to um, review and look at the management and look at the concept on your own and make your own a personal decision. Uh, we're not here to give any advice or anything like that. Um, this show is more educational. And so, and even the, the mention of the word uh, um, and the uh, topic um, of ICO gets a little bit, um, uh, a little bit annoying uh, to some of the powers that be. Uh, they uh, are, that's another thing that we can talk about a little bit about, uh, and we can then uh, wrap up, uh, we're talking about a little bit. What do you think about uh, the term ICO? Uh, because uh, some of the SEC and some of the powers that be uh, don't like that term. Um, so what do you think about using some other terms, Andrew? You know, it's it's never really posed an issue to me, the initial coin offering. I think, you know, it, it pretty clearly indicates what is going on. It, it makes sense. It, it divides, you know, the ICO compared to the IPO, you know, it's different than an IPO, an initial public offering, you know, so I really don't see any issues with it. But, you know, like you said, I, I'm not really, a fi I'm not a financial expert at all. You know, I'm just a, I'm just a writer. So. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I've, I've um, from my side, from the financial side and the, um, some of the securities attorneys that I've been speaking with and some of the uh, regulatory contacts uh, there, I've heard there, they're a little bit, uh, annoyed about the term ICO. Uh, they like sometimes maybe to use the term securitized token or different um, um, words like that, more of saying the word token in it and security. So there's different ways of, of saying it, but it, it, usually the term now ICO is there, and I don't think it's going to end because uh, it's, it's a, a common parlance right now. So what we're doing is we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Hello, this is Bruce Chamoff, host of the Web Design and Technology Coach. Join me and my guests every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. as we discuss the latest in web design, social media marketing, search engine optimization, and technology. We also discuss popular topics including WordPress, making money online, better Google rankings, and more. Every month, we also feature the best unsigned music from around the world right here on talkradio.nyc.
Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Hi, we're back with the Building the Blockchain Talk Radio Show, and we've been talking about uh, the aspect of marketing and be able to um, tell the different types of ICOs that are out there. Uh, there was, there was like uh, Andrew was saying before the break, there's 1,600 different tokens that are out there. Which ones are good, which ones are bad, no one knows unless you read the white paper and get some resources. So we're talking about how to get some access to some of those resources and to learn about that. And then we finished off about the actual term ICO and uh, if that term as a securitized token should be um, kept in the common parlance um, because a lot of the – from what I've been hearing is a little bit that uh, some people, powers that be, a little annoyed at the word uh, ICO. It's too close to IPO, and it's confusing possible uh, investors who they think are unwitting and don't know better, and they think that it's a little confusing. So there's a little bit. There's some terms that are thinking about as securitized token. Um, opportunity, um, STO, and there's as, uh, different uh, monikers that are going around that they are looking at um, to try to get more of the ICO process to stay here in the United States. So we're coming up now and uh, talking about how the VC money is flowing and the uh, VC money and the money who, that's out there that are flowing like Sequoia Capital and a lot of the VCs, uh, they're putting their money into blockchain and they're putting their money um, flowing from private equity and from VC into uh, blockchain uh, ICOs. But uh, a lot of that money is not going to stay here in the United States. A lot of it's moving um, overseas because of the rules and regulations haven't been clear here. So I want to ask Andrew a little bit about um, about the latest article. I, I, I did see something about uh, T zero and the SEC talking and trying to make sure that they are going to uh, put a process in place um, about um, getting ICOs listed here in the United States uh, because right now there's kind of a jam and there's not as many ICOs this year in 2018 as there was in 2017 here in the United States. So I wanted to talk to Andrew a little bit about that and what he sees in the uh, VC space and the investment uh, field here in the United States. Sure. So <clears throat> you had mentioned about T-Zero's ICO, and I think that is a really interesting ICO to examine uh, from a regulatory perspective. Uh, they're filed as what is known as an alternative trading system. It's not necessarily uh, an exchange that they're running. It's, it's a, an alternative trading system or an ATS. And it's an interesting filing because if you're going to invest in T-Zero's T ICO or if you did invest in T-Zero's ICO, you have to be what's considered an accredited investor. And, you know, there's some really big stipulations that you have to meet in order to become an accredited investor. We're talking, you know, having $250,000 a year of income or being able to prove over a million dollars a year of assets. Um, and we're, we're talking about huge obstacles that you need to uh, hurdle over in order to invest in T0. And, you know, it's, it's a bit disenfranchising to some of the smaller investors because, uh, as you might know, George Soros, uh, you know, just put in ten, you know, ten percent. He, he took over ten percent of Overstock.com last year, so that name adds a ton of credibility to anything that Overstock.com does. You know, T Zero being um, a subsidiary of 
overstock.com. And so you see that an ICO like that only being accessible to um, accredited investors, that makes some people a little bit upset. Um, but it does make sense from only onboarding people that know what they're doing. Obviously, if you're an accredited investor, you come to the table with much more skill and financial tact than someone who might just be an ordinary investor, you know, just generalizing most of the time. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, so there. that's the other uh, point is that uh, the – powers that be, like I was saying, uh, they're making it accessible to accredited investors. But even with those accredited investors, uh, they're putting up uh, roadblocks uh, to those accredited investors uh, because a lot of them are looking at opportunities uh, that, uh, from the regulatory point of view, that even as an accredited investor, if you're putting money into a, uh, one of these uh, deals, it could come back as not being a valid um, investment after the fact because uh, the SEC is still reviewing a lot of these ICOs. People are jumping into them and investing in them, but without the SEC looking into them and giving them the green light, you're taking a, a very large risk. So that very large risk, they just want to keep to accredited investors for now. So that's why everything is slowing down. And even the accredited investors say, are saying, I can just go to Europe, I can go to Switzerland, the rules are there are clear, and uh, I can go to a lot of small countries, um, Cayman Islands and all different Bermuda, a lot of different smaller countries are adopting and enacting blockchain re uh, regulations and, and laws that are putting into place the framework for companies who do have legitimate ICOs to attract investors from a, from a very large pool that does not have to be the United States. So that's one. I, that's the one thing I want to ask you now. Do you think something like what's going on now? When do you think it's going to start impacting the innovation? Uh, because if the capital dries up from VCs like Sequoia and some of these large whales who are investing, it can, it's going to slow down the innovation here. So what do you think about the innovation and, and, the, uh, and the brain drain that can uh, go uh, in the future if we keep going on this pace where there's no clear-cut regulations here in the United States? Sure. So I, I see your point where you know, there are a lot of other alternatives besides the United States that you can go to, like Malta, like Switzerland, that have clear-cut regulations in place. Uh, you know, OKEX, you know, one of the biggest exchanges in the world, and Binance, they both just announced they're moving to Malta within the last, you know, couple weeks. And that, that doesn't surprise me. As blockchain moves forward into the future, it needs to have an open regulatory landscape that it can kind of mesh with and thrive in. Uh, it can't be kind of put down and have this sort of like helicopter regulation kind of um, helicopter regulatory uh, agencies just hovering over them um, because it's going to deaden innovation in some places, you know, and, you know, we're talking the United States, the regulatory landscape in the United States. I think it's, it's far from, you know, being deadened yet. Uh, but, if it doesn't just kind of open up and take on, you know, this sort of laissez-faire uh, perspective that other places like Malta, like Switzerland are taking on, uh, then you could see some serious threats for the future. Yes, I agree. Yes, I think something's going to have to have to happen uh, soon because, like you said, uh, Malta is very aggressive and um, Switzerland, uh, other countries, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of clarity there, uh, and uh, if that clarity doesn't come here to the United States, then it's uh, the innovation is going to follow, and so uh, I see that as as one as one problem. It's not the only problem, of course, but uh, a lot of the um, VC money uh, that, like you're saying, I think that that might be something where it's it's a good 
it's always a double edge uh, to the sword. Uh, uh, the large, uh, big whales and the, and the big VCs and the big, large private equity firms are always going to get the first shot at the best deals, and they're going to get the best um, terms. But for the smaller person who um, is locked out of these 100%, uh, it, it's a little bit annoying, and like you said, it can be frustrating when you're seeing such great technological changes going on and you can't be a part of it. Uh, it's frustrating for people who are even Uber drivers. Uh, they, they can't even participate in, uh, in the Uber stock. And now you're getting another layer on top of that with private uh, placements like Uber still being private, not being public, so the retail investor can invest and now you're getting another layer of the ICO market where you know they're raising 30 million dollars in uh, 30 seconds and it's all going to the big guys and and you can't even get into the allotment for the pre-sales and all this I, I won't go into all the, the details but everyone knows that um, as it's been going along that the big whales have just taking the big blocks of of the great of the best ICOs that are out there. So, um, what do you think about that frustration for the uh, retail investor? Yeah, I think I think it definitely has been frustrating. Just a lot of people that it's become this exclusive game. You know, you see blockchain. You saw blockchain come out of two thousand nine, the financial recession. You know, the complete destruction or the the bubble in the housing market. And blockchain really kind of stood on the soldiers of this countercultural wave that was coming in the aftermath of that recession. And I think it's just upsetting a lot of people that it's becoming, you know, this exclusive kind of club that it just goes against everything that it started out to be. You know, it was against, you know, the banking system. It was against, you know, a lot of this bottlenecking that, Middlemen were just kind of clogging up systems, taking in payments, um, and it it had the potential to, or it still has the potential, really, to to destroy a lot of the that bottlenecking that happened. But by making it more exclusive, you're taking away a lot of the the values that were once there, um, that people had a lot of hopes for um, blockchain to kind of tackle, but. Now it's more kind of up in the air. Will blockchain continue to go down this road of being an exclusive club, or will it, you know, somehow resurge and open up uh, to be something that everyone can have the privilege of investing in? Yes, yes, uh, yeah. So that's where we're kind of at a fork in the road right now, uh, looking at that. And then what we'll do uh, at our next uh, last segment, we'll uh, talk about the blockchain revolution and how. We, there are some positive things that are going on, so we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul, and on this show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com
And uh, we're back with Building the Blockchain Radio Show. And it's brought to you by City Blockchain Summit and Computer User. And uh, we're talking here with Andrew Malin from uh, our guest host. Uh, and he'll be our co-host for every uh, segment here. And this is our first episode here this week. And so we're wrapping up by uh, finishing up our segment uh, called Blockchain Revolution. And we'll talk about how one industry is being totally revolutionized by blockchain. And this week we're going to focus on how freight brokers might be out of a job. And like I was saying before, there's VC money with names like Sequoia Capital and Dreesen um, Partners are funding commercial um, trucking startups that are directly connecting carriers and shippers without using middlemen. And we'll talk about how um, there's one uh, ICO that's out there and how they're um, trying to revolutionize the freight industry. So, um, Andrew, um, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the freight industry? Sure. So, right now with the freight industry, there are shippers and there are carriers. And the shippers are the people that um, actually own the commodity, and the carriers are the people that transport the commodity. And... Right now, what we're seeing is there's the role of the freight broker. And the freight brokers, they pretty much match the shippers and the carriers because sometimes the two entities have a hard time connecting. Uh, unfortunately, uh, well, depending on who you're asking, it might be fortunately for the freight brokers. The freight brokers receive uh, up to 20% uh, commission on making that deal happen. So what's the, what this is doing is it's driving up the prices for the shippers as well as the carriers. Uh, however, uh, in recent years, there has been innovations from the blockchain sector uh, that are really looking to upend this industry and remove the sort of bottleneck role of the freight broker. Uh, so this one uh, blockchain uh, there's one blockchain company called Freight Network, FR, and then the number eight, uh, is offering a way for shippers and carriers to connect directly on a platform. Uh, and it's a really cool idea that they're coming up with. Yes, yes. So I was able to, uh, I agree. Uh, I was able to look at um, a little bit about uh, Freight uh, Network and what they're doing. And it's a great application because uh, it's an industry that, really uh, needs blockchain. Uh, if there's any industry out there that is a great example, and that's uh, I appreciate that, Andrew, uh, for this uh, first show, is if there's any uh, industry that needs it, is, is, uh, it's the freight industry, and it perfectly works uh, with the freight industry. So I'm glad that there's someone um, that we can use here as an example um, that is not a, a big guy, and they're not trying uh, to um, do something that doesn't have any applications and doesn't make any um, sense. It is, it is not a fly-by-night token. This token is something that uh, is, real, is real and is solving a problem and really is helping out the community of shippers, um, freight carriers and bringing and the insurance and the truckers uh, all together. Uh, the, the industry, uh, a little bit of background as I was going over, uh, you know, uh, the white paper and reviewing some of the articles that is, you know, over the last 60 years, um, you know, the freight industry has grown and it's over $700 billion now. And uh, what's going on with this industry is that it's very... Um, scattered and so uh, 90% of the industry is um, has uh, the truckers and the carriers have less than uh, six trucks so a lot of the industry is a very um, decentralized to begin with and a lot of the trucks come and carry freight one way and uh, there's no incentive to have the trucks filled to go back so there's a lot of waste and inefficiency in the market and uh, looking at the different factors that are going on right now um, as uh, technological changes um, move along with the changes of the of the trucking industry 
you know, with Amazon and all the different types of uh, different types of uh, warehousing there are, there's more trucking and more deliveries more than ever. So the blockchain is a great application. And um, so what Freight Network is trying to do is um, having a platform that is a universal platform and trying to uh, bring transparency and efficiency by connecting the shippers and carriers and reducing the fees. And the blockchain is a great way to reduce the middleman and lower the fees, and that reduces a lot of the friction and a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, frustration that can go on uh, in in this industry. So, uh, what do you think about uh, about how the the white paper was put together, and a little bit about the ICO, and a little bit about the how the application um, is uh, applied uh, with the freight network, Andrew? Yeah, so like you said, David, I think that it is a very reputable ICO, and it's not some kind of uh, fly-by-nighter sort of scam coin that that you might see or that you might be worried about from, from media and tabloids. Um, I was talking to the director of the company um, the other last week, I think. Uh, we're not getting paid to do this, by the way. It's just you know a, a company that I really liked, and I thought we should talk about it on the show. Um, anyway, I, I was talking to the the owner uh, or the co-founder of the company the other week. And, you know, it was, it was really great to hear his excitement about the potential of blockchain uh, in the trucking industry. You know, David, like you said, it's a 700 billion, you know, some estimates are up to a trillion dollar industry uh, that is fairly antiquated, decentralized, like you said. Uh, and it just has like blockchain, blockchain just has the opportunity to just upend um, this this industry, um, the the team is really experienced, uh, and they're they're very innovative, and I'm excited to see what they have in store uh, going forward. Yes, yes, and uh, yes. Uh, just to um, also say, uh, we're not making any recommendations on any um, investments or any kind of um, uh, recommendations on. In any kind of investments on any of these ICOs that we that we're talking about during uh, the show, we're just trying to point out that uh, if with a little bit of homework and a little bit of uh, research and uh, looking on the internet and trying to discover and uh, looking at what's going on out there, you can see that there are applications that are happening every day with blockchain and how this is going to change what we are looking at over in the next 10 years. And uh, now uh, a lot of things won't change. There'll still be a lot of things that will stay the same, but there will be different aspects that blockchain will touch our lives every day. And I think the freight industry is, is one of them because right now there's 15 million trucks and there's 250,000 manufacturers. There's over 30, 300,000 distributors across the country. And they're all tied together with, uh, a very um, um, w wide network of, of brokers who are independent and just the powers uh, in that independent broker network, they keep all the information to themselves and they don't make the information transparent to the other providers in the system. And now by using the blockchain, the blockchain makes everything transparent and every everyone in the process that is complicated in the uh, shipping process can be uh, rated and reviewed and they're using things just kind of similar to eBay uh, on their website and on the blockchain where everyone is being reviewed uh, on their actions so if someone doesn't uh, le uh, promise a delivery and they don't live up to it they get rated and everyone in the system sees it. So there's little things like that that make it very interesting. So um, what do you think about that, Andrew, about uh, how they um, are instituting? It's a very good, um, smart idea by management. Yeah, I think the inherent ranking system that you mentioned uh, is is really powerful. I, th I think that it adds that element of kind of transparency to the freight industry, and it puts more pressure on freight brokers 
uh, who might not have necessarily put pressure on themselves before. You know, they're, they could be ranked. Shippers and carriers can be ranked. So it kind of forces you to give your best because if you don't, it's going to be publicly displayed uh, that, you know, your name is not good. You know, you don't do your job well, et cetera. So it, it kind of forces you to do a good job. <clears throat> so I really, I really like the design. Yes, yes. Uh, no more hiding behind uh, your uh, your documents and uh, just saying that uh, you you know uh, I didn't get your email and things like that. And so the communication uh, factor there is uh, is transparent between the brokers, the freight forwarders, and the suppliers, and and then the and the carriers. So what we're doing right now is uh, I want to try to um, now we're finishing up because that was a, a great way uh, to finish up our first show uh, we have uh, that's the blockchain revolution so if you want to take a look at any of these um, articles I would um, encourage you to get onto the internet and, and check out uh, the freight industry and Andrew uh, if you want to try to finish up and uh, say some words sure so I just wanted to thank you David for asking me to guest host on this blog with you I want to take to thank Sam for getting everything set up with us. Uh, I also just wanted to thank all my viewers at bountybase.com and at the Bounty Base blog uh, for checking out my work and for giving me the opportunity to write and do what I love every day. Uh, so thank you. Give you all the best. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, I am Dr. Tranquility of Dr. Tranquility PR, successfully meeting the media needs of the wellness community as an expert myself for major mainstream media, radio, TV, and print magazines. I now help you book interviews for broadcast radio, podcast, television, and uh, IPTV, as well as many, many magazines. Reach me, 212-920-1603. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul, and on the show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network.